Hey everybody, this is Marky Ramon, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. They definitely do. This is Sonny Landreth, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Mike from Animal Years, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Go Ravens! All right, Pittsburgh! You are the best! You got the best! Hello and welcome to episode 379 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 379, we have two special guests. We have joining us Mike from the band Animal Years, who will be coming up in just a little bit. Uh, But first, we're going to talk to Jason Charles Miller. Jason, uh, many of you may remember from the band Godhead, who had uh, quite a bit of success, uh, kind of in the OzFest, the early days of OzFest era, uh, as a touring band, uh, quite successful. He had done a few solo albums up to this point that were probably a little more, I'd say, country in flavor, uh, but this latest one has got quite a bit more rock elements to it, uh, kind of branding it a southern rock. Uh, it features some very special guest performances by the likes of Charlie Starr, Blackberry Smoke, uh, Ricky Medlock of Leonard Skinner, Kenny Arnoff, who is um, kind of the drummer of the stars. He plays for John Cougar Mellencamp, I guess, or John Mellencamp, I'm sorry. John Fogarty also did some time with Chickenfoot. Uh, so there is no uh, lack uh, of guests. Even uh, Dwayne Betts, uh, son of uh, um, of uh, Dickie Betts, uh, makes an appearance on the album. So this is really, uh, I think, gives you a feel for what you can expect on this album. There's a lot of uh, kind of rock players on this album. The album, I think, has very cool, you know, guitar solos, a little more rock elements. Um, and his voice, you know, I, I really didn't know what to expect when you see you're going to get a like, you know, southern slash country music from the singer of Godhead, who was, as my memory serves me, kind of a character, uh, you know, akin with Marilyn Manson and some of those types of vocalists. So it wasn't really sure what we were going to get. So we, we, um, gave it a listen and I really enjoyed it uh, fascinating uh, discussion with Jason about this uh, I think he's really a very talented uh, musician he's also got a lot of other irons in the fire which we discuss in the interview so I'll leave that to the interview we're going to play you a little bit of the uh, lead single from the album this song is called 100 pound hammer then we're going to get into that interview with Jason <laughs> It's gonna hit you like a hundred pound hammer It's gonna burn you like a falling on fire 
choices You can bust in like a wrecking ball Or you can just walk out and pretend You didn't just walk in and see what you just saw The way you wind up tomorrow At this point it's all up to you You can let be the thing that never was Or be the thing that got the better of you But either way it's gonna Jason. Good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, know your name from the band Godhead. Um, you've been, mm-hmm. you know, involved with them for a long time. Uh, but I think pr- probably I'm going to guess most of our audience, which is, you know, a lot of hard rock and metal fans, may not be familiar with your solo material. Uh, but as I was mentioning to you before the interview, I had an opportunity to listen to your forthcoming album. Uh, into the wasteland and, and really enjoyed it. And I don't think, you know, it would be a stranger to fans of, you know, some southern rock, hard rock, even. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of tasty guitar work in there. Um, you know, so oh, I wanted yeah, to talk about sure. how, how you got into that and, and how you got into a million other things beyond Godhead, you know, because there's a lot of artists, you know, from, you know, the genre of the, the 90s and the 2000s that were in some alt metal bands who were doing other things now you know they're roofers and doing all kind of things um how did you you know kind of get into some of this stuff so let's talk about your solo career and the direction you took in your solo career can you talk a little bit about you know where how you got into that sure well um a minute ago before you started recording we were talking about the weather on the east coast mm-hmm. um so i grew up in virginia um in the woods of virginia and um 
sort of was surrounded by a lot of country music growing up mm-hmm. um and that had always been kind of a secret passion of mine um obviously because of uh godhead's image you know sure. uh, and when you're promoting a certain type of band you just have to be full full steam ahead and in, in the mm-hmm. one direction that you're promoting but um, I've always been a fan of a lot of different styles of music. And so when things with God had started to slow down, um, I decided rather than maybe form a new band that was very similar, uh, I decided to do something completely different. Sure. Uh, that was more inspiring to me um, you know, musically at the time. Mm-hmm. It's where my passion, my passions lie. And so... Um, because Godhead was so reliant upon electronics and programming, mm-hmm. needed so many so many wheels to spin. The first thing I did was I put out an EP of just me and a guitar. Um, I've always felt that if a song doesn't sound good with just a vocal melody instrument, you know, be it a piano or a guitar, then it's probably not a good song. Sure. So I wanted to sort of re investigate that theory and so um i just started writing songs that i felt you know sort of fit that fit that um category uh then um some friends and coaches maybe take a few visits to nashville you know some of the best songwriters in the world live there in every genre and so i started taking trips to nashville and writing with people there and sort of shaped where i went Next, and so I'm actually put out two country albums after that. That you know, not pop country, but just country that fit my my mold. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I sort of went on that journey, toured with those albums, uh, I realized that uh, I still want to get a little bit heavier. So that's sort of where we are now with In right. the Wasteland. You know. With, it's this uh, hybrid of um, southern rock and, and country and maybe even some rock that I did before. You know, right. I'm not afraid to go different directions with the, the vocals and, and things like that. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, there was, when I first read about this, you know, there were some obvious parallels to Darius Rucker, but, you know, which might scare a lot of, you know, metal fans, rock fans. Um, so, you know, he's just, you know, even Ron Keel is another name that I think of that, you know, mm-hmm. of a metal singer that went country. Um, you know, so it was a little trepid, trepidation to listen to the album. And I was like, you know, this is, I'm personally a big fan of Skinner and Allman Brothers and things like that, as well as Slayer and Anthrax and that kind of thing. So, you know, and I was right at home. And to me, I, I really enjoyed, I'm listening to this and I'm like, who does he sound like? And, and you know, and I obviously knew you work from Godhead, but, to me, I was like, he sounds so much like Miles Kennedy. I was thinking, you know, when I was listening to that, and that's, you know, pretty high praise um, vocally awesome. that it's yeah, got, you know, you. He's a cool, great singer. yeah, kind of cool mu- music in there. And I was like, you know, this is something I think that would still be approachable. You know, it's not like, you know, when, uh, you know, Ron Keel went and did, you know, some of the country stuff, you're totally alienating another audience. But of course, I mean, your, your band did have some electronics in it. Was. Did you enter into that world yourself with concern, you know, and say, okay, you know, obviously the musical climate had changed, electronic 
music, um, you know, the harder stuff maybe isn't, the, you know, the most modern direction at the moment. I'm going to go and do this. Were you, was it kind of like starting all over or was it easier? Were yeah, you 100%. afraid when you did that? No, it was definitely like starting over from scratch. Um, I would say that um, if you scratch, if people scratched the surface and they sort of researched me and saw that mm-hmm. I had already done, accomplished a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, maybe it made them a little bit easier to to listen. But no, in a lot of ways, you know, it was like I was a, a brand new artist starting right. over. So, so that was yeah, that was really scary and. It wasn't the easy road, you know. Right. The easier thing for me to do would to be have been to have grabbed a couple guys from another, yeah, uh, from other like-minded bands and said, "This is our new band." You're that exactly right. Like yeah. our old band, you yeah. know, because yeah. a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that, and more power to them. But that's not what I wanted to do, um, and it, it was scary and and and, and extremely difficult. Um, but I'm super happy that I did it. Yeah, I think it's such an interesting thing because, you know, there's, you know, with your persona in Godhead, you know, your makeup and things, you're a bit of a character, you know, like like a Rob Zombie was. Right. And then yeah, to see I you now... It, uh, I'm sorry. I called it playing the vampire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you are in a way playing a role. And, and now, you know, it, it's... It, to me, it seems so much more comfortable. Uh, maybe as a performer, um, do you feel like when you when you go up on stage, you know, in this role, is it? Do you feel almost naked, kind of up there? You know, it's just me and my soul and my songs, as opposed to you know what you can do in that environment, you know, with Godhead. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm just being myself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and maybe part of me as a performer felt trapped that I didn't want to always play that one character for the rest of my life right so as a um you know as a solo artist i felt like i needed to present the most honest uh, piece of me yeah yeah you think about that sometimes you can become a victim of uh, of the success that that a group had you know you 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 don't expect to see you know a tony iomi go and do you know, a solo acoustic record because that's not what you expect from him. So it, it certainly, you know, is a risk to do that, and it's it's cool that it paid off in such good music. You know, that's that's the I think, like you said, is when the song is good, the song is good, and you've got you know a really wonderful collection of songs on this album. You know, and as you know, the guitar work is there. There's there's great you know production. It's it's really well done. Um, so I think you know you can pull in a lot of fans. Can you talk a little bit? You do a ton of stuff, um, and, and this is what I love when I see musicians that you know have flourished in in what can be really a difficult economic environment for musicians. Um, when you look at your resume, your IMDb page, uh, you're a man of many many hats. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the work you do outside of? you know, being on stage or being in a recording studio with a band, you know, some of the other stuff you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm pretty regular, I'm a pretty, uh, regularly working voice actor. I mm-hmm. do a ton of, um, voices for cartoons, video games and commercials. Um, and it was something that I actually fell into a little bit and then really decided to pursue it once I, sort of 
accidentally got into it um, because it's extremely competitive as yeah. well. Um, and maybe maybe it's the fact that like uh, in L.A., I think it's the um, someone it's it's the highest cost of living and the lowest standard of living mm-hmm. yeah. uh, if you live in L.A. And so I, I maybe it's just that motivation of I got to find more things to do to make money to, sure. to continue to live here. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, I'm a voice actor. I also um, I actually host a, a show. Uh, about uh, tabletop gaming, okay. um, I participate in a bunch of um, live streaming events uh, on on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. and um, I also do on camera acting, and uh, you know, I obviously write music for uh, other artists and for commercials and for other shows, and I just I'm kind of I have five. I wear five different hats all the time, yeah. but, um, but I, I feel super fortunate that I've been able to put all of that under the entertainment umbrella. Yeah, and I, I own a I own a recording complex, but you know we're producing entertainment. So like everything that all the different things that I do are all about you know producing something that other people can enjoy. So I'm right. super super thankful for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of a, a maybe a little bit of a mystery to the average fan, you know, when they look at a musician and say, well, hey, he's coming to my town, he must be rich, that, you know, most musicians are just trying to earn a living like everyone else. They're just in a different line of work. Um, and it's so common, you know, when we do interviews with bands to schedule it around, you know, they're they're doing a painting project for the weekend or you know they're they're doing sure. your manual labor just like everybody else you know everybody puts uh-huh. the adage you put pants on one leg at a time but it's i mean i know, know i know bands that you know uh i'm sure you've probably interviewed that mm-hmm. are like oh i can't i can't write with you that day because i have to go deliver pizzas yeah <laughs> you know? yeah I mean, that's exactly it you're you're absolutely right or you know, they they go from playing in a bar to attending the bar. Uh, you know, on Monday, um, that's mm-hmm. that's super common. So it's it's really cool that you know when you see the diversity of the things you're in, and like you said, they're all under that umbrella. Um, just to get out of morbid curiosity, a voice actor, how, how does one go into that line of work? I mean, everyone has a speaking voice, obviously, but are there certain things that kind of make a person stick out, or or is it just tenacity? I think it's a combination of all that. I think um, being a singer for so long mm-hmm. and knowing what my range is, that's sure. really helped in able to create different voices. I don't do impressions, but I can create a lot of different characters mm-hmm. um, that then are bookable. You know, right. um, like uh, on Gundam, I played a 16-year-old, you know, and then on other on other shows, uh, you know, I've played a 60-year-old. So you just, um, if you can convey to the audience with your voice that that character, um, that's really the key. Um, and it's a lot of work. And voice acting is acting. Mm. Uh, and um, I acted a lot as a kid. And then when God had started to become successful, that was my singular focus. Sure. And then. Um, and I ended up singing on a commercial 
that got me into the Screen Actors Guild, and then I decided, well, here I am. Let me. Um, this is what's great about voice acting versus on camera acting is um, if you book a job, you know it's maybe a maximum of four hours out of your day. If you right. book an on camera job, you're there for twelve hours a day. Yeah. So voice acting is something I was able to do. That I was able to kind of schedule my music around it. And right. even now, um, you know, I've got overseas clients and clients on other coasts where they just send me the scripts. Yeah. I read them and send them back. Um, a lot of times in L.A., though, if you're working on a game or a show, they want you to come in, of course, because they want to be there to direct you and they can't have every actor that, that's right. on the show send in their stuff. When you're but, doing dialogue, is it hard doing it? I mean, it, I'm sure it would be great to be able to go in your studio where it's nice and quiet and get in a you know kind of zone, but is it hard not having an interaction with another actor um, to make that dialogue flow? I mean, you know, from a recording standpoint, I can think of some different things I've been involved with personally where you're, you're trying to record things that are going to sound cohesive when glued together in you know the final end. And that can be very difficult, right. you know, to make it sound like you or I are having right. a conversation when you and I aren't talking together, you know, for example. I know. It can be difficult. Um, I think I've done it for so long now mm-hmm. that, I've, that I'm able to do it. Um, I feel, you know, pretty confident about doing it without it. But, yeah, it's, just, it's definitely its own skill. Mm-hmm. And um, I often joke that when I do on-camera stuff, I overact. Yeah. <laughs> because I have to dial it back. I'm used to having to convey everything out of my voice, right. that if then you put that on camera, uh, you know, I, I just look like I'm faking it. Sure. Have you ever had anyone recognize you from your voice work? I'm always curious, you know, like ordering something over the phone or, or in a restaurant, people say, hey, weren't you in Mafia 3 or anything like that? Has that ever right. happened? No, only only when I go to conventions and they're expecting me. Yeah. You know, um, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't just from being on the phone or, or something, sure. no. but um, if going to a convention like as an appearing as mm-hmm. uh, you know for mainly booked there for my voice acting work, um, you know definitely for sure. Yeah. Now, um, have you had many of your fans at solo shows? Do, do most do any of them realize what Godhead was, or do the two different worlds, or do you have you know a nice cross section of the two come to shows? I think there's a good cross-section. Um, I think that Godhead was such a unique uh, band in the fact that like, we were never heavy enough for pure metal fans. We were never mm-hmm. industrial enough for pure industrial fans. Um, and we lived in this weird Venn diagram between a bunch of different genres. Right. And so um, I think that fans that were attracted to Godhead because of our vocal melodies or our subject matter or things of that nature, uh, I've noticed that they've definitely come along for mm-hmm. the ride with me, and I'm sure they're going to be excited about this record because if they liked it for the more rock right. uh, vibes, you know, they're going to feel that with this one, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, the- yeah, I mean, you know, you lose some too, but that's okay. I mean, you know, I think everyone has to respect the fact that you've got to do what's passionate, because if you're going to put out music um, paint by numbers yeah. uh, pe- people are, aren't going to react to that or, or they're just going to turn it off or think it's boring at least I'm 
bringing something that you know I'm really passionate about, and therefore I think that hopefully translates. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be in some respects easy, and some very disingenuous to keep making nothingness, uh, you know, year after year or every couple of years. You know, that would be right. You know, if when you when your heart isn't in making that, you know, you're in a particular headspace when you make that album, write those songs. Um, and there are certain bands sure. that can do that. They can make albums that still sound good, that still sound similar. And there are other bands, like I think of U2, for example, who, you know, every third album is something totally unusual and different, and you may hate it, but you may love the next one, you know. And I think that right. at least speaks to the fact that the artist is being true to what they want to do, and that that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, are you planning on touring with the, with the, the solo album? I mean, you, I know you have a couple shows lined up right now, I see on your website, um, but do you have a, like a full-on tour, or is that kind of dependent on how things go? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely plan on touring, uh, and right now we're just sort of, uh, we haven't been able to announce anything yet. Okay. But um, 100%, uh, I'm going to tour on this because awesome. that's really, to me, that the live experience is the number one thing that I enjoy to do more than anything else is perform live on a stage. Yeah. And so um, touring is 100% in the in the future. We're just trying to get the right package together or, you know, right. it's, it's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, Sure, but you can certainly expect to see me, uh, see me, uh, out there. Awesome. Maybe well, at know, the Rex theater. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be awesome. I know you're doing a show at the whiskey here, uh, coming up in just a little over two, a little over a week, actually at this point, um, yeah, for those that's on the West the coast. Release party. That'll yeah. be awesome. So, and, and I'd be remiss not to ask for fans of Godhead. I mean, is there any chance of any future material, or is that kind of a chapter in the past at this point? I mean, anything's possible. We everyone's sort of scattered around the country right now. Sure. Um, but um, and we never we're sort of on a long hiatus. Sure. Um, so that certainly isn't out of the question. There's just no plans right now. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. You know, it's always good to keep that door open, you know. It's funny how those things can come around. I mean, you you, you think, okay, you know, maybe sure. industrial or, or whatever you want to classify Godhead. You know, maybe there isn't a lot of new material in there. And then, you know, something takes off or people get kind of nostalgic for stuff. So, you know, you never know. So, awesome. Well, right. the new album is out. What's the release date on the actual, on um, Into the Wasteland that's coming on June 15th, is it? June 15th. June 15th, yeah. Okay, awesome. One week from today. Awesome. I'm recording this. Awesome. So you can get that at iTunes, Amazon, I'm assuming. Physical, you guys doing a physical, like a vinyl or anything? We are. Uh, we're not, uh, vinyl not at the beginning. Right. Uh, but yeah, you can buy um, physical copies through my website, which okay. is jasonchalkmiller.com, and obviously cool. on the road. Uh, but uh, everything else is digital. So okay. iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, streaming on Spotify. Stream it many, many times on Spotify. Buy it on Amazon right. and then continue if, to stream it on Spotify. Buy, hey, I don't mind if you don't buy it. Just if you're going to listen to it on Spotify, just listen to it like, you know, a thousand times. Just put it on yeah. repeat, go away for the weekend, come back. <laughs> let it go and let your dog enjoy it while right. you're out of the house. Yeah, it's always been kind of my idea. I'll buy CDs still and 
still kind of that old school, you know, so the artist gets some money from there, but then I'll listen to it on Spotify. So I'm hoping at some point, you know, those few extra cents help. Um, yeah. But, you know, do. at the end of the day, come to the show and buy it, you know, and get the T-shirt. Right. That helps even more. All right, Jason. Well, I want to yeah. thank you so much, and we will look forward to Into the Wasteland, a fantastic record for those um, interested in the southern rock, hard rock, kind of gritty American-style rock and roll. It's a great album. So we wish you all the best, man. Thank you so much. Again, Into the Wasteland by Jason Charles Miller will be out on the 15th of June on Sony uh, Records. So we want to check that out. Also check out Jason's website. It's jasoncharlesmiller.com. All right, we're going to turn our attention now to the band Animal Years, who will be coming in to do a show as a three-piece on June 14th at Club Cafe here in Pittsburgh. We're joined by Mike McFadden, who uh, was originally from the Baltimore area. He moved to New York uh, before starting the band, uh, and they're they're primarily a three-piece band, but uh, have you listen to the music, they've got a lot of other instrumentation on the album, uh, but unfortunately can't tour with a 20-piece band, uh, so you're going to get kind of a stripped-down version of the songs. The band's latest EP, Far From Home, features a, uh, I think, a phenomenal standout track called Caroline. We're going to play for you in just a moment. If you're a fan of uh, acoustic-based rock music, uh, folk music, or just, frankly, songs with anthemic, catchy hooks, uh, this band you want to check out. So we're going to play Caroline from Animal Years, and we'll talk to Mike McFadden. Oh, just let me try 
pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line Mike McFadden from the band Animal Years, who will be in town on June 14th with the band to do a show at the Club Cafe. How you doing, Mike? Doing well. How are you? I am doing great. Um, I have to admit, from the first moment I had a chance to listen to Caroline, I said, you know, this is this is a band I need to talk to, um, because <laughs> I, I don't envision that this will be the the, the that there'll be many more shows at the size of the club cafe for you guys um, listening to that music. Um, you've got a sound that I think anybody who is a fan of maybe the Lumineers or Mumford and Son is going to gravitate to. And it's to me when I listen to you sing, I can hear a stadium singing back with you. I don't know if you hear that or ever dream that, but um, this doesn't sound like music that's going to be in, in clubs much longer. So it's it's a pleasure to talk to you. Can, um, am I mis- what? If I'm not mistaken, you're from Baltimore originally? I am. Yep, okay. born and raised. So how did you, you end up moving to New York to get the band started, correct? Yeah. How did that come to be? Did you take that leap of faith to kind of move north? Um, I was Yeah, I was in New York um, about five years ago, and, and uh, I know my bass player, Anthony, through um, a mutual friend. We had played some music together. Um and nothing really serious, but he had moved to New York, and I was kind of working on um, what, what ended up being Some Will Rise, our first album, down in Baltimore, and um, he was trying to get me to come up, you know, saying, like, let's take this music, let's, let's do it up here, let's, let's maybe rebrand. I was going by Mike McFadden at the time, and mm-hmm. um, um, I ended up licensing some music um, of an old album of mine and making, making a little bit of money and figured out with my time uh, you know make that leap of faith quit my job at Hopkins moved up to New York um, got with Anthony Saladino and then soon after got with Anthony Spinato the drummer and then we um, came up with a name slapped the name on the band and, and it became it became Animal Years so when, when you think of your sound, I mean, obviously, um, yeah, a kind of a, I don't want to call it folk or acoustic or country, or uh, I don't have a genre to call your music, so I'm not going to try, but um, this kind of music has become a little bit more mainstream in the last seven, eight years. Um, was this the sound you were kind of hearing in your head, or is this the sound that evolved from the three of you? I mean, I wasn't trying to do anything or be like anyone just kind of like how it worked out like Summer Rise has sounds that kind of vary different couple folky songs more rock and roll um, you know like that stadium big pop anthem mm-hmm. kind of songs um, and then just with the next the next EP um, things definitely evolved we um, you know working with the guys kind of developed our own sound and kept writing music that I just wanted to write wasn't trying to be like anything I think that partially I mean the, the songs do sound a lot like like we get compared to Lumineers and Mumford and Sons mm-hmm. we also went to the studio and recorded with the producer who did the Lumineers and right. Dance Joy and so um, you know his his sound and his style definitely rubs off on, on that music mm-hmm. um, but I, wasn't, so, I didn't go in trying to be a certain way. I mean, I think just, you know, whatever's on the radio kind of at any given time just kind of rubs off on you. And, yeah, that was, that's been 
that music's been hot for a long time. Yeah, it is, and it's you know, and I I remember you know being kind of a rock classic rock metal guy the first time I saw a Mumford and Son concert just seeing people go insane you know it's just this sea of people bouncing up and down I'm yeah like, you're doing all this with acoustic guitars you know and, and it uh, you know and banjos and all kinds of crazy instrumentation um, you know it, obviously there's something to it um, but what I like with your band is that you know the song is there regardless of the style you know you mentioned pop music and, and you know that's it sometimes can be a dirty word can sometimes be exactly what you're trying to do but you know you've got songs that I think people are going to want to sing along to you know it's, it's a fun song to hear in the radio and the car kind of songs you know and um, it has yeah. that the, the hook for lack of a better term you know there's the hooks there that you know one time through your songs even if I don't know the words I'm still singing the melody and trying to make up something that sounds like it and that's that's impressive you know and I, I yeah that's, that's that's the best thing about playing thank you the best part about playing a show and someone who may have just discovered you may have just stumbled into the venue like halfway through the song Caroline mm-hmm. or whatever they're like they're singing it like they got it you know it's, 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 it's very um, very easily you know um, soaked up and I mean like you can you can you can really just get into the song like right away which is one of the goals that I'm trying to do I don't I want I want I want the hook to be right there, and, and I want the song to get just get into it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's you know that's that's what we're at least doing on the EP. For yeah, sure. and that's something you know, the hook a hook can kind of be you know as I mentioned with using the word pop. Some artists, you know, I think intentionally try to shy away from that, and there are artists that you know accidentally fall into great hooks. But I mean, they're right there front and center in, in you know your music. You know, even going back to some of the other stuff on Some Will Rise, I mean, when you hear Meet Me, it's not a, you know, it's not a, a, a difficult song to get into. You're right, you know, by the second chorus, you're right there with you. Um, and I think that, yeah. you know, you know it kind of draws you in. And you've got, a, a you know, I think a, a voice that I think, a, you know, it's in a lot of people's range. You know, it's obviously a lot better than, you know, at least mine. I can say, but it's you know not hard songs to sing. So you find yourself, you know, with the you know the iPhone, whatever. You're just belting out the words. Um, not that I'm painting a pretty picture to anybody around me while I'm listening to your album, but it's 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 got that effect, and that's that's a cool cool thing. Yeah. Um, how when you're building these songs, because you got a lot of different instruments on these things. How does is the producer involved a lot in that, or did you guys kind of work this out before you went to the studio and said, you know, we want to do layer acoustic guitar here we're going to use electric guitars here you know that kind of thing how do you you know because there are so many different types of instruments in this type of music yeah I mean we we went and like rehearsed all these songs um just usually as the three of us um mm-hmm. guitar bass drums and we cut then we cut demos kind of how we want them to sound mm-hmm. and then we presented those to um to, to Ryan um the producer and he he definitely I mean it was just the three of us up there and um, so I would lay down I mean we do first we do drums and then he would like layer all these different drum sounds over top and mm-hmm. do all these like different percussion shakers and tambourines and then yeah then I'd go in I'd, I'd usually play acoustic guitar and then I'd play electric guitar and then I'd 
you know, do some soloing and then bass, and then we go in, and one of us, usually the drummer, Anthony, will play, like, piano. Um, so I think we just kind of go to get down the, the basic layers, yeah. you know. And then, yeah, together we just kind of think, like, what else could go here, you know? Yeah. Because there's never, right, I mean, at the moment, we're not, we don't have a piano player live. Right. But... We're like, does it, does it need piano? Like, let's do piano. Does it need organ? Let's do that. Does it need a bass synth? You know, to add that like super low end um, kind of element to it. Like, let's mm-hmm. do that. When so we don't really have plans to like do any of that. When you're in the studio as the songwriter and also the guy who's going to have to, you know, get in the van and go do this live, do you at some point say, I think we're going too far because we can't, you know, we can't pull this off live with three people or do you say to hell with it I want this to be the greatest recording possible <laughs> you know let's go Mutt Lang style and you know add all the layers we can to make it you know epic and then we'll worry about how to do it you know a month from now that, you know yeah that's never been an issue so far I think mm-hmm. I would speak up and say something but the fact is like Ryan the way he produces is like minimalist you know and and, right. and big choruses but he, we're not adding anything crazy he's not like mm-hmm. we need a, a string section here or a brass section here right. or a full choir but i mean yeah i'm down to i'm down to do whatever it's it, the song really needs it or mm-hmm. do we think we could make it sound amazing like sure we can do that and then yeah we can go and figure out how to do that live or it can just be a different performance live i mean i don't want to be held back by the recording right um and I don't think a song needs to sound exactly like it does on the recording. I mean, I think people come to see live music to see something different than, you know, if you just play exactly what's on the album, it's not, I mean, what, what was the point of really going there? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, and, and you know, yeah. and, and, you know, all goes well, you can afford to pay all the, you know, get, get a bunch of auxiliary musicians to do, you know, some of that stuff, pay a guy yeah. to run the shakers. Bring, when you're bring doing my choir it. out. Exactly, you know. Hey, stranger things have happened. You never know. Uh, but yeah, it, it, this is a good point. You know, I mean, the song should stand on its own with the three of you as well. You know, based on the structure of the song and the melody of the song. And you know, um, yeah. Plus, you know, I think plus if people are invested enough to to say, okay, I'm going to go see Animal Years. You know, I've checked this out. Assuming they're familiar with your music, they're going into that show. You know, they're going to be singing along with you. Um, you know, I think a lot of times you. you you know, people. The experience of being there and hearing it live adds something that even instrumentation can't. Um, so that, that'll be yeah. A, it's certainly a cool thing. So um, in your live show now, um, you guys, like I said, are doing a show at the Club Cafe. Are you doing um, a bulk of the um, Sun Will Rise album and the EP, or are you adding some new material in, or how do you break that out? All, all of the above. Okay. Um, you know, most if not all of the songs on the EP and a handful of songs of So Will Rise and then and then of course um, some new stuff as well. Stuff that we just learned you know, that we're testing out because I think that's how we're gonna figure out like what's gonna go on the next record, just kinda trying stuff out on the road. Yeah. And just having a little fun, like playing new stuff. So Right. Um, watching watching the faces yeah, of the audience. So a little to bit see of everything. <laughs> um, exactly. How has um, working with E1, has that been a, a big boost for you guys? Or is it just better distribution? Um, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, um, 
get that big label name, mm-hmm. um, get that financial support, and you get the, uh, I think one of the best things that labels do is the radio promotion. So they yeah. went out and, and did a campaign for Caroline and Friends, um, got us on the radio all over the country. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely great to have Where's the label the- behind you. The weirdest place you've been where you've heard your song on the radio, you know, it kind of you know, grocery store catches your attention, or have you been anywhere and it's like, oh crap, that's me? Has that happened to you? My, I, I haven't personally. My, um, my family was just in, um, like, do, uh, I think it was Dewey Beach in in Delaware, mm-hmm. which like we go and from if you're from Baltimore, the drummer is also from Baltimore. And um, most most people vacation in Ocean City, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Drive to the shore and vacation on the beach. And you know, my uh, I was on tour actually. And my whole family was together in Delaware, having uh, lunch at this like random place. And they sent me a video, um, and it was Caroline uh, yeah. playing in the restaurant while they were eating lunch. And they're like, "Look what just came on!" And I was like, <laughs> "Pretty cool." Uh, Sorry, I couldn't be there, but um, and then I've, I've of course been in the I've been in the the van in different places and heard it on the radio, but I've never heard it in like a store. I can't wait until I'm like in a Target, yeah, and I hear some song that I wrote, you know. But that hasn't happened yet. So yeah, you get on the get on the horn with the publicist when you when you get on the Target, you know, over the speakers yeah. and stuff. You get to me. <laughs> get some money for that yeah. that's fantastic well I want to uh, wish you guys the best again you're coming in on the 15th or I'm sorry the 14th to do show 14th the, last we're, night of tour so we're going to be we're going to be partying cool. and celebrating the end of our tour um and um so it should be a fun show and I think, I think we're going to have a blast and it'll be our first time in Pittsburgh that's awesome well I want to wish you guys a safe trip into Pittsburgh and uh, we'll see when you get into town man all right, a very special thanks to Mike McFadden of Animal Years. Again, their show is on the 14th at the Club Cafe here in Pittsburgh. Very next day on the 15th, you can pick up Jason Charles Miller's new album, Into the Wasteland, uh, from Sony Records. So I uh, hope you enjoyed the variety on this episode. Uh, you know, we kind of went in a different direction the previous episode. If you're a metal fan, I invite you to check out Anthrax. We had Charlie Benante on. Uh, Iron City Rock strives to kind of bring you a variety of music. Uh, we want to showcase... Uh, music coming to western pennsylvania as well as national bands local bands uh, really help keep the scene in pittsburgh alive uh, there's still a few days left if you're able to uh, we would deeply appreciate if you go to pghcitypaper.com uh, in the right hand corner is the reader's poll iron city rocks has been nominated for best local podcast here in pittsburgh we would deeply appreciate your vote you can visit us at ironcityrocks.com you can go to facebook instagram twitter and youtube or all forward slash Iron City Rocks, or you can reach us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. We love it when you reach out to us, suggest a band, uh, tell us about a band that you're aware of that maybe we've never featured, or let us know, hey, I discovered Animal Years because you guys had them on the show. We really appreciate it. Love to know what you guys think of the show, so let us know. And until next time, we thank you so much for listening.